You're listening to Review and Preview on Facebook Live. What's going on, everybody? Good evening. Welcome to Review and Preview. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, running it solo tonight here on the show. No Kyle Russo, no James Montefusco, but that's okay. We have a very stacked lineup for you guys for our last show of June. Before I get any further, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Review and Preview Sports if you haven't already. We have loads of content on there. And give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the Anchor to catch all forms of our podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever you may get your podcast. And I'm really excited to introduce tonight's guest who will be joining us in just a moment. Well, first of two guests that we have, and this first guest, I spoke with him once on Andy Hopper's show on the Brew Party. He's a lot of fun to talk to. Uh, I'm going to talk about the state of the Pittsburgh Steelers with him because obviously the Steelers just released uh, guard David Castro last week. So that's going to be a big talking point for us. He's also a Vegas Golden Knights fan out in Vegas. Unfortunately, they lost in game six to the Montreal Canadiens. But without further ado, uh, the host of the New Music Inferno show, member of the Funch Bunch, streams on Twitch at the real tight spot, Pittsburgh Steelers and Vegas Golden Knights super fan, JR John Rankin. How's it going, my friend? It's going great, Tom. Thank you so much for having me here. It's I, I feel honored and privileged to be here to talk about the Steelers, uh, to talk about the Vegas Golden Knights, which, you know, being a Vegas native for seven years and to have those te- this team come in four years and the, t- the effectiveness that brought the town together after the October 1st tragedy four years ago uh, and – Get to the cup once, get to the semifinals twice, and lose in the first round once because of a of a major penalty. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm here. I'm having. I'm ready to have a good time, Tom. So let's let's get going. Let's fire away. What what do you want me to tell you? Well, I feel like Pittsburgh fans are very well traveled. Now, I kind of want you to tell the folks about like the stuff that you do, your podcast and whatnot, and how you became a uh, Pittsburgh Steelers fan, being that you are out in, in Vegas. Well, originally, I grew up in a small town called McSherrystown, Pennsylvania, uh, right outside of Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, grew up liking liking the Buffalo Bills a little bit. Due to the fact that my brother is a Cowboys fan, and of course, you know how many how many Super Bowls the Cowboys and the Dallas uh, the Dallas Cowboys and the Buffalo Bills had, I was rooting against him. I always liked Jim Kelly, mad respect, and because Jim Kelly is also a Pennsylvania native. Well, being being young and naive and not knowing who to really like, and not knowing that oh Pittsburgh was in Pennsylvania when I was a young kid, I 
started liking Pittsburgh after the fact that they went to the Super Bowl against Dallas and, you know, Neil O'Donnell couldn't get the job done, but I still have respect for him. Cordell couldn't get the job done, but, you know, this boy did. This Notre Dame boy right here, Jerome Bettis. I had to bring him in. I had to bring him in from the living room. Uh, (laughs) You know, you're wearing the Notre Dame shirt. I, unfortunately, am wearing my Rick and Morty uh, shirt with with Jerry and Rick in the summer, uh, Beth on. Um, But, you know, growing up, growing up a Pittsburgh fan, it was because, and also a Notre Dame fan, were because of of my family. My family, uh, my aunt, my Aunt Rita, uh, one of my one of my teachers, Mrs. Staub, rest in peace. Um, and you know, just just some of my other family members were Pittsburgh Steelers fans as well. And I connected to that because I was like, you know what? I'm a family guy. I love my family to death. And just to see Pittsburgh also, you know, win some Super Bowls and the way they've been, you know, had Bill Cowers their coach, and you know, right. Cowers just, you know. Amazing analyst as well. I love him on CBS. Oh, Don't yeah. get me wrong. Um, I've I've seen worse, and and the internet's seen worse. People people can know. People, you just look at the threads of of the hate that people spew out there. But I'm trying to I'm just trying to get my thoughts in, in order here. Uh, but with Notre Dame, it was because of the teachers. It was it was just also the area. You're either a Penn State fan or a Notre Dame fan. I didn't like blue and white. I like that green. I like that gold. I, I like Rick Meyer. I dude, I love. I, I I have mad respect for Brady Quinn, even though he went to a shitty team uh, and <laughs> couldn't couldn't play couldn't play on a shitty team because they didn't build around him. You know how are you gonna let a let a gr- great college quarterback suffer in a league behind a crappy Cleveland Browns team? And everybody in Cleveland can probably attest to that. They didn't have a good team with Brady. Jimmy Clausen was another example, but. You know, we're not here to talk about former Notre Dame quarterbacks. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> right, yeah. But but go ahead, go ahead. I'm, I'm done, I'm done. It was, it was funny because I remember being on the Big Blue Brew Party Who Talks Sports epic draft show with Andy Hopper uh, a couple months ago, who says hello yeah. in the comments section, by the way. Shout hey, out to Andy hey, Hopper. Hopper. Big fun study. Yeah. What's up, brother? Um. <laughs> I remember you saying that you were a Notre Dame fan on that show, so I quick switched my shirt an hour before the show, and I figured, why not? You know, represent a little bit. And I love how you collect all those pop figures. The Jerome Bettis one is definitely my favorite. Andy saying, "Hell, it's, it's about a hundred bucks. It's a hundred bucks right now." Really? Yeah. If you go on the Funko app, uh, I know Juju is about sixty-five. Big Ben's about fifty-five, sixty as well. Um, but I bought them when they were like ten bucks. So they're investment. They're investments. That is nuts. I know. I have like one or two. Um, sadly, I have an Odell Beckham one, which is probably my least favorite player on the Giants of all time. But anyway, I won't. I won't get into that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's get into your Pittsburgh Steelers. They released David DeCastro on Thursday. DeCastro was a veteran on your ailing offensive line. Yeah, uh, DeCastro was described as a mauler and cerebral, one of the best players at his position over the course of the past decade. Unfortunately, he did battle some abdominal injuries last year and struggled the bone spurs in his, in his foot. He did admit to losing his love for the game without fans in the stands, but that could be coined as any player coming out and oh, saying that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, honestly, 
any player. I mean, look at look at a lot of the other sports that are allowing fans now, and 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 football is going to be the last one to a certain extent. And I mean, the, a lot of stadiums had fans. Some of them did. Some of them didn't. But I would agree with him because honestly, you're out there playing to an empty stadium, and yeah. and it's a whole different game. You can hear the other team, but with the fans. With the fans there, you could hardly hear it, and, and it's a lot better with the calls and everything else. But yeah, just ridiculous. But go ahead, go it, it, go ahead. I mean, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but I agree with. No, you. it's all good. I, I agree totally, with. I totally agree. I feel like the media could have uh, coined that in a different uh, direction, as where I think he's more contemplating his career because of his injury. This is his third time getting surgery on his ankle, Jr. And bone spurs in his ankle were a constant issue last year um where do you think he might land do you think he'll retire um do you oh first i'll ask do you think he'll retire and if he doesn't which team do you think could <sighs> potentially snag well when it first came out when they released them i was i went in and looked into what was going on with him he he does want to play he does want to play more, but he does need another surgery. That was right. revealed to us four days ago. And, he, I mean, he, he wants to play, but who's going to take an option at, at, of a, at a, you know, for a guard at 31 that has had these injuries and that has to use the ankles and the legs to get that push to push off the line to hold off the you know the defensive people, who do you, you know who was going to take a chance? And I, I'm seeing that you know people are thinking the Cardinals. I think if, if anything, if I was him, at, I would take the year off. I mean, he probably saved his money last year, and I don't know him personally, but I hope he's not spending his money you know you know with whatever. But I think he might take the year off, you know, just to. You know, work out, get the surgeries, and not like push himself so hard to come back. But maybe, maybe a late season addition as well to somebody because you never know when, how, or when, and where someone's going to get injured. And David DeCastro's been working out in his private gym or wherever the hell he's working out is ready to come back and be a hundred percent. Right. You don't want to. You know, at thirty-one, you're on that brink of. Am I going to still be able to play? Am I going to be able to keep up with these 20, 25-somethings that are coming out of college that are taking my spot? Or, you know, like the Steelers did, try, uh, sign another guy who had another injury. Like, I'm not even sure, like, why they did that. I mean, they should have drafted somebody in, in, in all being. I mean, I there was a lot that. of... They, go ahead, go ahead, Tom. Go ahead. I, I, I was saying that on the draft show. If you remember, I'm saying they yeah. need to draft a lineman, and then they yeah. take Najee Harris. Yep. Yeah, and they and they didn't. I mean, it, it's it's just it, it, sometimes the moves they make during the draft and the moves that they you know do at, in the like preseason post like you know post draft. Mm-hmm. It it kind of hurts you in the fact when they could have drafted a rookie second round, third round and be there. 
because yeah. those guys right there are hungry to prove that they're ready to play. They might have not been first-round numbers because, you know, running backs, quarterbacks, and all that needed to be taken. But offensive offensive linemen are, are the most important person besides the quarterback on that offense. You can have a decent running back. You can have decent and subpar receivers and still win games. But if you don't have somebody protecting that line, protecting that barrier between you and the, the quarterback and the defense, you're not going to get anywhere. No. You're going to have sack after sack after sack. Look at what yeah. happened to Jared Goff being like Jared Goff being one of the most sack quarterbacks. Right? Am I right or am I wrong? No, you're you're right. And I have a close friend of mine too who considers Jared Goff to be a bottom five quarterback. I continue to tell him that he's wrong because the line is just absolutely atrocious. Any quarterback. That's good. <laughs> Needs a halfway decent line in front of him. And now it's the same thing with your Steelers. Matt Filer signed with the Chargers. Yeah. Marquise Pouncey retired. retired. Alejandro God. Villanueva signed with the Ravens. And Dude, the Ravens, all, all the all the all the teams for him to sign. All the teams for Alejandro to sign to the Ravens. Yeah, that's that's insulting. If I'm I love you, bro, but come on. Yeah, it's like Rod Woodson when he signed with the Steelers. I'm like, dude, like really, like yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm going going insane about it, but I love it. We have a comment from Daniel Bakley. Hey guys, kick butt tonight. Steelers need to get younger on the line, so not bad move. And Seahawks, lol. Seahawks have a bad line too, but they do, they do. You... And it's like this, and I'm, I'm going to mention this back to to our next one of our next topics is Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Vegas is doing the same thing. Vegas is doing the same thing. We traded away Nick Suzuki for Max, who's been been good, right. been good during the regular season. But when it comes to the playoffs, drops a little bit. Drops a little bit. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that later. We'll get to that yeah, later. Let's just, uh, and I, I want to ask this, you real quick, your, back to your Odell Beckham, which one do you have? Yeah. Which one do you have? Do you remember? Without even going to look for uh, it. Is it the, the, oh, all, is it the blue it. Is it a blue jersey or the away jersey? Real quick. If it's, it's the away jersey, go ahead. It's, it's the red one. The red one? Yeah, I believe it's the red one. Uh... It's ten bucks. Ten bucks. Yeah, I, I did not. <laughs> I did. I did not buy it. Sadly, it was a gift for my birthday one one year, and I, I won't. Okay. I won't reveal who bought it for me. But um, <laughs> yeah, that was that. That was something else. But anyway, back to the Castro and why I think this really hurts Pittsburgh heading into next year. You mentioned thirty one years old, but that's still um, not extremely old as far as offensive line standards. I mean, he's six five. Injuries. Yes, the injuries have haunted him, but former first-rounder, he's a six-time Pro Bowler, two-time first-team All-Pro, 124 career starts. So look, I'm a Giants fan. I'd love to have this guy on the Giants if his health keeps up um, or gets better. Only gave up 17 pressures last year, two QB hits, zero sacks. Now, granted, Big Ben does have the quickest release time in the NFL, so we have to factor that in. As well, so now we kind of transition into the state of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Jr. Mike Tomlin just got a three-year contract extension back in April. What is the state of this team? Because this team reminds me 
Of the Giants from 2018, you just got a new toy in the backfield in Najee Harris. Mm. You have an aging quarterback. You have an atrocious offensive line. Um, Kevin Dotson, I mean, you did get Kendrick Green out of, out of Illinois, who was probably a good draft pick for you. But other than that, the line is not good. I don't like either tackle. Uh, this reminds me too much of 2018 Giants. I hope not. I hope not. But I like I like I told Andy when I had Andy on my podcast to talk about the NFC uh, because he's a Bears fan. Yeah. I I said that we would probably miss the playoffs. Okay. We'd probably either be nine and eight or eight and nine. Um, it, it's just a schedule that we have, and it's toughest I mean, the entire we play we play the runner ups from last year's Super Bowl. We play, you know. Jesus, like everybody, we play everybody. We, I mean, we we get Dallas in this game coming up here. We get the Bills Week One in in Buffalo. I mean, it's gonna be an interesting year, uh, to say the least. And I'm I'm gonna watch as many games as I can, watch as many highlights, but I don't think we're gonna do well. I I, I think even even. Even if we try to have Mason Rudolph as our backup, and I don't know why, I, I really don't understand how we still have trust and belief in him after a weird, a weird uh, 2020, uh, 2019-2020 season with him, uh, with all the the shit talking and everything he did. Uh, but uh, you know, eight, nine, nine, and eight. And at the least, probably ten and seven if we can do that. Yeah, I think ten and seven is probably your ceiling. Um, yeah. I, I think you could win as few as five, six games because of how tough the division is. Daniel just said it. Steve just said the exact same thing. Uh, exact same thing. Shout out to Steve Markman. Uh, tough division too for the Steelers. The Browns are much better. The Ravens are better. Now this leads me to ask you this question, Jr. Is this it for Big Ben? Is this his last season? This is the last year of his contract. So do you see him coming back after 2021? I mean, my answer is no, but I want to hear what you think as the Steelers fan. I don't think so. I think it is. I I think it is his last hurrah. I think we are going to, if we can, Get a get a solid quarterback in the draft, and then go after the offensive line. Right, but I don't know what the front office. I, I'm not in any of that. If I was, I'd say like draft day. You got to pick a quarterback. You, you can't trust Mason. You didn't give Josh Dobbs his solid go, even though he could have been well if given a ch- chance. I mean, he is like a Cordell Stewart. That could have maybe led you to some wins earlier in his career, but he's aging as well because he's been back up for how long now? No, wow. <laughs> and we and we and we keep we traded him or let him sign by somebody else, and then we tra- sign him again. It's like I don't know what the front office does, but they need to make some quick adjustments after this season. I like Michael Tomlin. I, I like Tomlin as a coach, but we need to see what we can do after Big Ben. If one season without Big Ben is a total letdown, 
then we got to, you know, maybe flop again, get a better first round pick and go from right. there. But we'll see. Yeah. So you kind of answered my next question about who could be his potential replacement. I think option A right now, because they, there is they no trust in him. coming up. They trust in him. Mason Rudolph and um, unpopular opinion. I like him more than most. Um, I, I know people aren't uh, necessarily a fan of him or w- what he says, this and that, but I think he's a serviceable backup QB in this league. If Roethlisberger goes down, I think you could potentially win games with him. I don't th- think he's the type of quarterback that's going to necessarily lose you games. Um, is he the long-term answer? I don't know. I think you're much better off taking a QB in the draft and just looking at some of these QBs that are coming out next year, guys like Sam Howell, Spencer Rattler, Grayson McCall, Kedon Slovis from USC. Um, I know you're a West coast guy, so you may know a little bit about him. These guys are, you know, really hit or miss. There's no one quarterback coming out of next year's draft that, you know, is going to be like a Trevor Lawrence or, um, Justin Fields, let's say, right? Now, no, you don't. You don't. That's what's concerning where maybe Rudolph is a one-year bridge, you know? So who knows what's going to happen? Uh, that's the way I view it, though. I, I think it wouldn't be the end of the world if Rudolph is the starter in 2022. But I, I do agree with you where I don't think he's the long-term solution to the problem. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this uh, This Windy City Gridiron page they say that we're gonna have the 13th pick in the draft next season they say mm-hmm. that the Bengals will be worse than us next year and they also say that the texans are going to be the worst team and pick up rattler that i could see we could see because they are going through all that deshaun watson bullshit but one thing i'm going to say right now I will definitely be in attendance at the draft, and I hope review and preview will be out here as well for the draft. Really? So Andy said something at the end of the draft show that we're going to Vegas for the draft. I don't know how true that is. You should. You should. we are, we're probably going to end up doing a live stream of of some sort. And we're going to hang out. We're going to hang out. We're going to drink. We're going to paint the town red. I've never been to Vegas, so that'll be definitely very interesting. I know. They're, they're starting to get more popular in sports. But back to the Steelers. Okay, um, sorry. Hank and Dichter. No, no, no. No worries. You're good. Um, Hank and Dichter has a comment. You may remember him from our draft show. Mm-hmm. Um, he's thinking around eight wins for the Steelers. I'm thinking Hank's around right with that prediction. Um, well, what is? Let me, let me check right now. Let me get my William Hill app, and let me tell you the wins, <laughs> win totals are already out, I believe. And we can tell you what the win total is for Vegas. I was not prepared for this to have Vegas tell me. Uh, but it, it's – let's see. Let's see what Vegas says. Let me log in here. I'm not even going to gamble or anything because I, I, I feel like crap after the Vegas whole situation. Uh, let's go to Pro Bowl futures. Uh, still, oh, you know what? The top. The top – uh, predictions instead of the, the to win to win the AFC and all that Steelers record season wins over under eight and a half. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, look, and this kind of segues into my next question. Defensively, you still have guys like Stefan Tuitt, who I'm sure is one of your favorite players. Oh yeah, wink, Stewart. wink. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you have TJ Watt. You did lose Bud Dupree, but the team did pick pick up Minka Fitzpatrick's fifth year option. How far can the defense take this team? 
if things are average on the offense, let's say the Steelers' offense is average and the line holds their own, how far can the defense take them? Because we saw, and again, I'm only using this mm. reference because I'm a Giants fan. In 2016, I don't think we scored over 30 points a game once, and we went 11-5, and five, made the playoffs, because our, our defense was absolutely outstanding. So what do you think of that defense? How far can it take Pittsburgh? It all depends on the health. It all depends on the health of each and single, every one of those guys. I mean, we had Stewart go out a couple games. Uh, like you mentioned, we lost Bud Dupree. Uh, we're getting Devin Bush back. Yeah, that's um, huge. Yeah, that's huge. I really would have loved to have seen Watt and Watt together, but unfortunately he went to Arizona. You know, and Arizona still has some bitterness towards the Steelers yeah. after that Super Bowl win. Um, I was hoping, I was hoping that, you know, I have nothing wrong against Arizona Cardinals. I love, I love, 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 love Larry because Larry, Larry Fitzgerald was one of those guys that never had any trouble in the league. He was yeah. always one of those guys that stuck with the team. I'm calling you out, LeBron. I'm not. I don't know why, but I'm calling you out. I hate you, LeBron, with uh, the uh, switch flopping teams to win a championship. You have players that stick and stick and glue with the team because they believe in the system, and Larry Fitzgerald is one of them. LeBron, you weren't. Get out. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Right. I, I love making I, I have no problem you're, you're making You're making references to the Giants, so I can make references to people oh, that I, I kind of despise, but I respect his game. Yeah. I, and also, let's get it going right now this week. Again, I know you guys started it earlier. I know AHOP, you yeah. know what I'm talking about. Hashtag not my space jam. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, so um, <laughs> before we get into our way too early AFC North predictions, just want to scroll through a couple of comments. Um, Steve says it's a shame for Big Ben, but I think they should have went younger at the QB position. Hank asks, what do you think of having Haskins as your backup? Well, oh, that's right. We have Dwayne right Haskins. Now he's third. <laughs> uh, he, he's third on the depth chart behind Rudolph. So what do you what do you think of him? Obviously, it didn't work out in Washington. The switching of the head coaches, he he really never found his own there. But what do you think of having him? I think if he settles in a little bit and realizes there's a game to play on the field and not you know, worry about the money or mm-hmm. any other significant bullshit that's off field. Because honestly, you've seen a lot of young quarterbacks like Johnny Football, for example. Oh, uh, true. The lavish lifestyles that they think. And, you know, you, you had a problem with Jimmy Clausen as well with that situation as well. But bad respect to him. Uh, my friend just got a cameo from Jimmy Clausen for his 40th birthday. No year. way. Yeah. Yeah. One of his friends did a, did a cameo. You need to show uh, me this. Yeah. It's on, it's on Facebook. I'll send you the link. I was like, a Jimmy Clausen happy birthday to Richard Becker. Like, I'm like, that's funny as <laughs> shit. Like, I'm like, wow, Jimmy Clausen. I don't know what he's doing, but I know Brady Quinn. He's, he's big on the Fox, Fox sports he radio is. with, with, uh, uh, what is this sidekick's name? God, I know um, Jonas Knox. Jonas Knox. Oh, Fucking okay. hilarious! Yes, I have heard of that. Yeah, I, I love <laughs> it. But go ahead, go ahead. We're, we're gonna get into way too early predictions. Better than the Eagles six and a half over under. Yeah, Steve is an Eagles fan. Oh, Steve, a- I'm sorry. Jalen Hurts is the answer, though. 
Jalen Hurts was the answer, and he's going to be. I disagree. I think he is the. I think he is a bottom five quarterback. Putting it nicely in, in the oh, league. Okay, that, that, all right. That's how. That's how I feel personally. Part of it, I, I think they're in a rebuilding mode. But hopefully, for Steve's sake, I'm wrong. Um, we have a lot of LeBron comments in the stream that I, I'm not going <laughs> to. Uh, okay. If anybody wants to talk to me about LeBron, here we at go. J, at JRNMIVGK, or you come on after 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 this whole stream is over. I'm I'm going to stick around and watch the second half. But I'm yeah. going to be going live on my Twitch when we're playing uh, some NCAA football, so we can talk uh, talk shit or uh, repose your your messages about LeBron. Yeah. By the way, I'm with Steve. I think Haskins is garbage. And David says, good evening. Good evening to you as well. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thank you, David. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Um, way too early AFC North prediction as well. Um, now that we've kind of gone on a little roller coaster here, um, <laughs> I think it's a race between the Ravens and the Browns for the division title. And, you know, I like to be as optimistic as Pittsburgh with Pittsburgh as I can, but these are the two teams that are going to fight for the crown. I think – it's going to come down to who has the better offensive line. Again, I think games are won and lost in the trenches. I think the Browns have a slightly better offensive line right now. Baker Mayfield is in a contract year. Um, I believe they did exercise his fifth-year option, but um, I'm going to go ahead and say the Browns are going to be your 2021 AFC North champions with the Ravens finishing in second, the Steelers not too far behind in third, and then the Bengals bringing up the rear. But I do think the Bengals have potential to see a um, four to five win uptick this season. Well, we do get the Bengals week three in Pittsburgh, and I really would have loved to seen uh, the Raiders game be out here, uh, but that's not going to happen for another three years because of how the whole thing. Uh, Coagulates with the formulas of yeah. the seasons. Uh, I do see that prediction being almost correct. I see that Baltimore, if Baltimore can win the big games and Lamar can't choke, yeah, like he somehow does, or the team doesn't perform well, I see them winning by maybe a half a game. Okay, over the Browns, I see us going in third. Mm, Slightly, maybe a fourth. I mean, yeah, you know, you got Burroughs coming back from an injury. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, they don't have A.J. Green anymore. Uh, but I think, I, I really think Cincinnati has a chance. Oh, yeah. If they, they could be number three and then we could be number four and then we could be like, up there in the top five in the draft and get a quarterback. And then, you know, second round draft that offensive tackle that we desperately need uh, to hold, hold our own and, and have a, viable option for 2022 Mm -hmm. and uh so that's what i'm gonna say i'm gonna say baltimore by half game we're gonna have the browns make the playoffs and maybe get another win like Mm -hmm. they did last year against us right which which they didn't they didn't really have they they i I had a feeling we were gonna lose that game just the way we played the week before against them yeah um so yeah, Browns make the playoffs. Browns win a game. Probably lose the Chiefs again. Or maybe even the Ravens. 
in the second round who gets a bye? Or if there's is there only one bye again? Or how is this gonna how yeah, is there's this only gonna... one team that gets a bye? I'm talking more like AFC North predictions. Like who Oh I am. I'm yeah. I'm yeah, that's how I'm that's what I'm doing. I'm doing the whole the Trying rundown. To process. Got so, it. The whole process. So maybe the Bengals lose the, the number one seed, whoever that might be, if they beat whoever they yeah. play in the first round. Um but you know it's the Chiefs leagues the the Chiefs and the Buccaneers league to lose again, but not really in the NFC again because NFC I think there's some there's some teams that could beat the Buccaneers, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think this is a really good question by Steve. They they got Jamar Chase. They still don't have an answer at tight end though. Their line isn't great. It's young and inexperienced defensively. They did lose William Jackson, although they did gain Trey Hendrickson, which is something to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. He was a beast for the Saints last year. I believe he was tied for second in the NFL in sacks, actually. Um, but, yeah, so I think the Bengals do finish in fourth, but they do have potential to go in. Oh, I meant I the Browns. I said the Bengals of the playoffs. What the fuck did I mean? I meant the Browns. Sorry. Um, well, I thought you meant. Yeah, I, I meant the Browns. I'm sorry. I screwed yeah. up there. No, all um, good. Uh, because I was looking at the Steelers schedule and kept on mentioning week yeah. three. Um, I think they're a year or two away. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. year or two away. They just need a healthy Joe Burrows. And like, you, like you've like you seen quarterbacks come back, uh, just like Alex Smith, after a year, a year or two, Alex Smith was a, you know, he did really well with what he had in Washington. Uh, it's sad yeah. to see that they moved on and he then retired. But if anything, if anybody... If anybody thinks Alex Smith was not a good quarterback, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, guys. He could be he could be a quarterback coach just like Byron Leftwich and win games for your team. That he can. But uh do you have an official win number for Pittsburgh before we segue into uh Vegas? Let's go ten is a ceiling, eight is a as a floor. Ten is a ceiling. As a floor, I'm just gonna say I have the Steelers going nine and eight, and that's me okay. being optimistic. That's okay. me being optimistic. <laughs> All right. But um, I trust their defense a lot, and I do love Mike Tomlin. So, so they are. But everybody, take that bet. Everybody, take that bet. Take that bet right now, Vegas. If you if you have it, bet on it. So let's let's um. I don't. I don't mean to dampen the mood here on you, but um, Vegas did lose to Montreal in six games. They lost Game Six, three to two in overtime. Arturi Lekkinen had the game-winning goal less than two minutes in, sending the Habs to their first Stanley Cup final since 1993. That was over 28 years ago at this point. Um, Weber and Cough, Cole Caulfield had, had another goal in this game. He was outstanding. But the focus here is more. On Vegas, um, Robin Leonard was in net, not flurry in this game. And three of Montreal's four wins in this series came by a three to two score. Vegas did lose two of the four games in this series in OT. So, uh, JR, what went wrong for Vegas? What didn't go wrong? No. <laughs> um, Try to be nice. <laughs> yeah, but it's okay. It's okay. I mean, we went seven with Minnesota. We went six with Colorado. We lose in six here. If we look back at the stats of each game, hell, we had 45 shots to one game and we lose. We lose two to one off of 45 shots. 
Nah, if you do that in basketball and you only score two, you're still going to get fucking hammered and lose. Um, you know, it, it gets to the point where why aren't the pucks going in? Why couldn't we beat Carey Price? Why couldn't we do what the Lightning did last night, 5-1 to one, every single game? They only had 20-plus wins. They played... The weakest division of all because you had Ottawa, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton. Edmonton, who looked like a fucking joke against these guys. Oh, no, yeah, a, a, a joke in the playoffs against Winnipeg. Then you had Toronto, who has, you know, their savior, Austin Matthews, and couldn't, you know, couldn't even beat these guys in when they had a lead in the series. And then you had Winnipeg get sweep, sweeped, yep. sweeped four games by these guys, by a lot of no-namers. Cole Caulfield, a rookie that's rookie. come out of college. 20 years old. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't do that at 20. He scores on a hall, first ballot Hall of Famer, Mark andre Fleury. We fucked up. That game, yeah. that series was fucked up. After the fact, we lit up the tying goal to go into overtime in that first overtime game. Um, our mood changed after that. Our entire game plan was out the window. Like, yeah. if you saw that mood, Ford was pissed off at himself for letting that go in. Yeah, we do have a comment from Noah. What's with the goalie carousel there at the end? Uh, I guess he's referring to Leonard and Nett uh, yeah. over Flurry. Yeah. Um. I can't really say. I mean, I'm not, I'm not Kelly McCormick. I'm not Peter DeBoer. I, I like what he did last year in the bubble with us, and how he had to be our coach because we fired Gerard Gallant because we went on a losing streak, and the front office was like, "Oh, we got to do this right now." Um, Noah, Noah, I tell you this: I really believe he should have won the Vesna. I really do. He won forty game. He won most of the games last season for us. Yeah, he dominated. He had a lot of shutouts. Who who won the Vesna? By the way, I forget. I forget too. Uh, uh, shoot, let me look this up. Well, I'm sorry. We'll, look it up. we'll see who gets to it first. Folks in the comment section, if you know, feel free to comment the winner of the Vesna Trophy. Uh. <laughs> And the winner was hasn't been announced yet. Oh, really? According to uh, well, that's that's Wikipedia. You know how? Yeah, I thought somebody did win it. <laughs> I thought somebody uh, won it. Well, Connor Hellebuck won it last year. Yeah, so, I know. But, I see that. Now, here's the next question, though. So you're we're talking about goaltending, and Vegas allowed an NHL low 124 goals this year. I mean, yes, you did have a solid core of defenders in Shea Theodore and Alex Petrangelo, but the combo of Flurry and Leonard will back part time Alex. I'm going to say part time Alex because he didn't show up half the games. He True, could have been so much better. My my question is: Will that duo be back next year for Vegas? Flurry wants to be. Salary cap's going to be the issue again. Yeah, uh, because that's a big issue. And it's going to be a big issue because teams couldn't make money half the season. Yeah. And it's hit all sports. I mean, look at baseball. I mean, 
NFL capped NFL, uh, f- N- yeah, NFL is, is another major hit. I mean, we have a $2 billion stadium in Vegas Yeah, that had how many fans in it? Zero. That's a big problem. Yeah. yeah. But luckily, luckily, Allegiant and Las Vegas will make some of their money back August 21st for SummerSlam um, when that hits with WWF. WWE. I'm gonna, oh I'm gonna, God. I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be really? there. Sixty-three. I will take pictures and I'll send them to you, Tom. Uh, section yeah, three, three thirty-two, I believe. Section okay. three thirty-two. I don't really care. I was fourth row for a pay-per-view before, and uh, you know, I, I was like, you know what? I've been to Money in the Bank at T-Mobile. That was my first event at T-Mobile. My first Allegiant Stadium has to be a wrestling event. Two thousand eight Royal Rumble, right here. Oh. Well, that's that's fucking awesome. Was that yeah. where was that was in MSG? MSG. MSG. Well, yeah. that sphere is costing about two billion dollars that they're making with Venetian out here. And right. you're probably when you come out here for the draft next season, you're like, Wow, that's two billion yeah. that shouldn't have been spent. Yeah. You should be. You should be coming. You guys are gonna think, drag me on a flight. A- Andy's gonna drag me <laughs> Andy's gonna drag you. To can if he wanted to, he would drag you to Kansas City to see Ron Funches live, uh, in 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 a month or two, whenever that is. Uh, because honestly, I would. Can I give a shout out real quick to somebody Absolutely, out there in the, yeah. in, in the in the Twitchiverse that you guys need to go follow? Everybody, go follow Effie Lives right now, and also go follow my New Zealander, my number one NCAA streamer in New Zealand, because he's the only person that streams that from New Zealand. AJ Nine Wood, AJ Nine Wood, go follow them both. They're great people. Just wanted to give them a shout out here, as as we r- r- wind down our Vegas talk. Andre, okay, so if the salary cap is right viable to keep Flurry, we will. If not, Leonard's going to be a starter, and Logan Thompson will move up from the AHL. Yeah, I mean, from our Henderson Silver Knights. <laughs> Love the hat, love the hat. Uh, but this is the problem too. You have some UFAs in. This Tomas is not Nosek. to you. This is not to you, though. <laughs> Your opinion means very little. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. It's not. It's not about you, though. That, well, that's um, to all the haters out there. Let's circle back to Vegas for one more second. Okay. Yanmark Martinez, Alec Martinez is a huge piece to this oh. team. I know he's a little older, and Tomas Nosek are all free agents, so okay. that's going to be big. I mean. You know, I mean, Carey Price was so dominant. Vegas is in a situation right now where the cat, how better can they get? You know, that they couldn't get past Carey Price. Um, you know, it's just going to be very interesting to see what happens with Vegas. Um, they couldn't, they didn't have an answer for Tyler Toffoli, who had 14 no. points in the series. Rookie we Cole did, Cofield. we did in, this, in the regular season when he was with, with the Kings, we owned his ass. Yeah. I mean, the but impact with, of Carey Price was huge in the series, though. Oh, it was. Carey really Price? I, 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 okay, so I'll tell you this. I've always respected Carey Price as a goalie. Mm-hmm. I think he's top tier. And it sucks that he, you know, played for Montreal all his career. And and another goalie is, is the goalie from Ottawa. I can't remember his name right now, but the Ottawa goalie. Amazing. But... No team behind him. Yeah, Mark Stone came from there. Mark Stone was the only piece they had at winning games. And Mark Stone, I, I, I think he's not going to admit it, 
to anybody except himself and the and you know maybe the medical staff. He played injured that that series. He played injured yeah. during the playoffs. He had to. He was not. He was not chasing after. Like half the team was so slow. Like it looked like they were just a JV squad looking to be on the ice. Like they were just not going after the puck half the time. Uh, I believe they might commit to Leonard. Do the age difference for would be gone for sure if Vegas was in the expansion draft. Oh, they are exempt, Noah. They are exempt. Um, and I know that's pissing a lot of people off. Yeah. But don't blame Vegas. It's not their fault. It's the rules that the, the, Gary Bettman and them made for the expansion it's draft. The rules it's of not, the NHL. Yeah. yeah, it's not our fault. We're just a simple bystander it's, trying to keep a team alive to win the playoffs. And that, that goalie for Ottawa... It's not Craig Anderson, is yes, it? Or, yes, Craig Anderson. I have mad respect for him and uh, everything he's been through, per- personal life as well, with his wife, uh, with, yeah. I think, cancer. Uh, also, also, fuck cancer. Jess Cash, always and forever. Tyler Cash, I love you, bro. And I, I, I can't believe you're out here in Vegas working for the Knights now. That is your dream job after everything that you went through with your wife and her dying last year due to brain cancer. Uh, I love you, Tyler. Much love to Tyler. Sorry. Absolutely. Bringing that up because of Craig Anderson, because he was out here. uh, He actually didn't get to meet Craig Anderson that day, but he did uh, go to the ceremony that day when Craig was uh, given that award at the NHL awards that year when we did the draft out here for us. So, JR, while we have a couple more minutes, I kind of just want to touch upon your mm-hmm. prediction for the Stanley Cup Finals and kind of just talk about what's brought Montreal this far in the playoffs. You could give me a simple answer and say it's Carey Price and call it a day, but if there's anything else you wanted to add on that and then your prediction. All right, so it's just not just Carey Price. We mentioned him already. I, I think the answer is... Cole Caulfield. I think Cole Caulfield was an answer. I think youth is coming into the league. I think the old heads that have been around, like Sidney Crosby, uh, Alex Ovechkin, you know, congratulations to him winning a cup four years ago. I really think that in the in the thick of things, I think it's Cole Caulfield. I think it's the youth. I think it's Suzuki as well. And I'm sad to see that we traded it, traded him because I had a feeling that he was going to be a core piece that we we would have we would have replaced by now, but we haven't. We we have people that are subpar to him, like Dylan Sakura and you know a couple of the other guys in the AHL that probably will be on our starting day roster next season, like Patrick Brown. Um, who did win a, a uh, Calder Cup with the Charlotte Checkers, like Nick Waugh did? Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be Tampa either in four or five, but I'm laying myself on four because of last night's dominant performance. Um, they have people that can overshoot, carry, and mm-hmm. and, and get there. Uh, that's my pick, Tampa in four. I know it's all not a lot of money to bet on that, but if you want to bet on that, go ahead. If not, take the take Tampa in five. It's not, it's not going six or seven. We're not yeah. seeing any further. Suzuki, the former Vegas prospect, traded for Pacioretty, who I heard wasn't good this series. Yeah, that's true. No, that is so true. I mentioned that, and 
and it sucks that we did we did and, and George McPhee and and them and the higher ups I think they they were and I think they're gonna change their attitude after this season, after the fourth try that we tried. I think they wanted to cup right away and if they don't go youth and if they don't have a rebuilding year now, um it's gonna be a weird ride in Vegas. Our our yeah. fans might burn the city down before we burn Allegiant Stadium down. Because the Raiders might choke again this year as well. Who knows? We'll see, though. Everybody just yeah. has to stay healthy on that. That's right. JR, um, just wanted to thank you so much for joining me tonight on this podcast. Really do appreciate you. Pittsburgh Steelers super fan, Vegas Golden Knights super fan, uh, big Notre Dame fan as well, so we do share that bond. But before I let you go, why don't you tell the viewers, the listeners, and the watchers where they can find you and your content? All right, let's start off first. The Twitter, twitter.com backslash J-R-N-M-I-V-G-K or at New Music Inferno. Twitch.tv backslash The Real Tight Spot. You can see the name right there on the on the screen, The Real Tight Spot. Just type that in, type Twitch. You follow me there. Uh, I have a goal going right now. If I get 400 followers, I have five packs of the new Pokemon cards that came out that I'm going to open if we hit 400 followers uh, and all that. And also... I'm going, to, I'm going to do one of you a favor right now. If you guys can get one more follower for review and peer review while we're live, they're at 315. If we can get 316, I will open a pack tonight on my stream just for Tom there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just type in the real tight spot, New Music Inferno. Uh, also hit up twitch.tv backslash Ron underscore Funches because the Funch Daddy needs his love too. Uh, and uh, you can catch me at SummerSlam. You can catch me at some shows coming up here as well. But uh, just hit me up on the socials and we'll talk. Absolutely awesome. JR, again, thank you so much for joining. Really do appreciate you taking the time. Hope you have a great night. Go Pittsburgh. Go Vegas. Go Notre Dame. Take care, buddy. But no, but no real quick, thank you, Tom. Thank you. And also, thank you, Big Fudge Daddy, who delightfully gave you my number and got this all squared away. So love you guys. Peace out. And we'll be back talking about Funko Pops another day. Absolutely. Thanks, JR. Appreciate it. All right. That was uh, John Rankin. Really do appreciate him coming on. A couple comments here um, from Hank and Dichter. I think Kerry steals a game or two, but the Lightning are too strong. I definitely agree. Um, I'll get to my prediction a little later. Um, also, I'm excited to have the Vegas old coach, Gallant, to come to New York. And, JR, I can see that you're still backstage. Noah Diebler, Diebler just followed. So there, there it is, 316. Thank you very much, Noah. Really appreciate that. So um, <laughs> you'll see that on the real tight spot on his Twitch stream later tonight, revealing a, a pack of cards. So, um, all right, without further ado, let's bring on our second guest of the evening from the sports box. Um, really Excited to have him on. He is a Tampa Bay Lightning fan, host of the Sweet Tea Podcast on the Sports Box. Garth Michael Patrick. Garth, how's it going? Great, man. Really excited to be on here tonight. Yeah, thank you yet again for you know allowing me to come on here and talk some hockey and some Tampa Bay Lightning. You know, a team that I'm very passionate about, obviously. No problem. Before we get started, I kind of just wanted to get to know you a little bit. Why don't you tell the folks where they can find you and your podcast? Yeah, most definitely. So me as well as my co-host who's here in the chat tonight, Noah Dibler, uh, every Friday night at 9 p.m. We're on you know, Facebook Live there as well as Twitter and 
I believe Brian shares us to YouTube as well with the Sweet Tea Sports Show uh, brought to you guys by the Sports Box. And, you know, I not only advocate for our show, but for all the guys over there, you know, they do a really excellent job and they cover, you know, a wide variety of topics. But, you know, we talk a little bit of everything, um, you know, hockey, football, we're really big football guys, college football and NFL in the fall. And, you know, obviously we've been covering all things hockey lately. Awesome. Are you a Bucks fan too? I am not. I'm actually uh, very odd when it comes to my favorite teams. Uh, growing up, I'm actually not from Florida initially. I grew up in uh, upstate New York, actually. Oh, okay. And I didn't really have, you know, a lot of family members in my family that were, you know, big time sports fans. So all of my teams kind of just happened by random chance playing video games and, you know, watching some some athletes who were popular growing up. And, you know, they're, the one common is that all my favorite teams tend to have uh, blue jerseys. So I guess that is kind of what the deciding factor was. Awesome. So Giants or Bills? Uh, actually, for NFL, it is Chargers. Oh, Sadly, now okay. LA, uh, but, you know, they obviously were the San Diego Chargers when I fell in love with them. Gotcha. That's that's very interesting. I remember um, our, our quarterback for 16 years was supposed to be a Charger. That did not happen. But um, anyway, let's get into your Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, I, I know you grew up in upstate New York. You're a Tampa Bay Lightning fan. They were the three seed in the central. Montreal was the four seed in the north. Very interesting that these two teams met in the Stanley Cup finals. Montreal forward Joel Armia was cleared from the COVID-19 protocol but did not play in game one. Their interim head coach, Dominique Ducharme, expects to return for game three after dealing with COVID, where their assistant coach, Luke Richardson, has taken over in his presence. Do you think not having their head coach or Joel Armia has had, had an impact last night in game one to any degree coming from a Lightning fan? Yeah, you know, I definitely would say that it played a little bit of impact. Um, you know, do I think that it played such a big role that they would have won last night? No, not really. Um, you know, I think that we played really, really well. And thankfully, um, you know, extra excited to be on here tonight, thanks to us winning last night. But, you know, I definitely expect, you know, Armia has been great this postseason. You, you know, they've kind of had a lot of these guys that, you know, are good players, but have really, you know, played above and beyond themselves this postseason. And it's led to this, you know, incredible run. And, you know, I expected us to win our division, and I think a lot of people did. Uh, so that we have home ice right now in the Stanley Cup Finals, I'm still kind of out of shock, but, you know, I'm definitely super appreciative. Uh, as I always say, home ice is not a guaranteed win, but it definitely helps, especially with the stadiums being back and packed. Absolutely. I definitely think that's a huge advantage for you guys. Noah says Tampa was a deflection off two of their defenders from a 5 nothing win. Good point. And John, who we just had on as a guest earlier tonight, says that the Zenas was won by Flurry, just announced. So congratulations to Marc-Andre Flurry on winning that award for Vegas. He, he, he has been such a staple in this league for quite some time. But uh, game one, which, by the way, I know Brian Attard switched his Facebook profile picture to the Tampa Bay Lightning Bolt and as a Rangers fan myself, I was rooting hardcore for the Lightning against the Isles in Game 7. I'm so happy you guys beat them. Um, probably should have beat them sooner if it wasn't for the save hurt around the island. But Game 1 last night, Garth, Tampa wins 5-1. to one. Three goals scored in the third period by Tampa. Cernak had his first goal of the playoffs, and then Stamkos had one on the power play. Kucherov had two as well. And then Braden Point had three assists. 
just talk about the diversity of this offense for Tampa. It is absolutely insane. It, you, you can't just focus on one player. Yeah, you know, and it's obviously one of our, our greatest strengths. I know, you know, most people who are big hockey guys talk about the insane depth that, you know, Tampa Bay Lightning seem to have. Um, as you said, you know, you can't really just focus on one guy. We saw it last postseason with Stamkos being out the whole postseason. You know, we really didn't skip a beat. And then, you know, this postseason, Cooch has missed some games. You know, we've had a couple of guys go down for a few games, and, and it seems like our offense, you know, is just as potent every single game. Um, but, you know, my biggest takeaway, and the offense does deserve all the credit in the world, you know, obviously, as you said there, Nikita Kucherov with a three-point night, uh, is the defense, man. Like Noah said, and it kind of makes me salty, you know, Vasilevsky would have had a shutout if it weren't for a lucky bounce off of, you know, our own player skate there. Uh, but, you know, just the, the, the savvy veterans back there and guys like Hedman and McDonough, you know, Eric Chernak's been pretty good as well, except for that, you know, that one uh, time he threw the puck at net and ended up with a goal on his own team. Um, but, you know, and just guys' willingness to give up their bodies to block shots all postseason. doesn't matter if it's a forward wing or a defenseman. I just see these guys laying out time and time again. You know, like I said, all the, all the credit in the world to the offense, but the defense has really stood out to me, especially last night. I agree. I mean, Mikhail Sergachev, Savard, I mean, your defenders are outstanding. The face-offs in this game were even at 50%, but uh, only giving up 19 shots to Montreal. Um, you know, Nikita Kucherov has been outstanding for you guys all the year long. 30 points in the playoffs leads the NHL, 18 of them coming on the power play. I kind of want to ask you about the power play because obviously Stamkos scored off the power play last night. How much will the Lightning have to rely on the power play in this series? Because it seems that, um, at least from my perspective, from watching that Islanders series, majority of their points did come off the power play. Yeah, and, you know, actually I was reading an article the other day, this postseason stats versus last. Uh, last postseason we were much, much better in terms of five-on-five, uh, five, even power scoring. Uh, this postseason we've definitely been – I wouldn't say completely reliant, but as you said, the majority of our goals have come on the power play. Um, you know, I, I think that teams are kind of adapting to that as well. Like I was saying to my friend Noah here uh, just the other night, it seems like teams are trying to do everything in their power not to commit penalties and not to put us on the power play. And, you know, that's obviously going to be one of the Canadians' uh, paths to victory is just staying out of the box. Um, so, you know, if we can't get on the power play often, yeah, it definitely worries me in terms of scoring. Uh, do I think that, you know, we're going to – that's going to make or break us? I don't really think so. It's just going to make, you know, life a little bit more difficult for us. And Sergachev playing against the team that drafted him, that is very true. It's a little little historical fact there from Noah. Um, so I want to ask you about Braden Point now. Leads the NHL with 14 goals in the postseason. What does Point do so effectively on the ice that makes him a top goal scorer? He's just so great in space. He's a fantastic skater. You know, whenever you, whenever we can, you know, what I've noticed he does best is when we force turnovers and he can kind of get that puck where he's got ahead of steam, you know, because once he gets going, once he has a little bit of separation from defenders and some space to work with, he's, you know, almost unguardable. And, you know, just the moves that he has right around the net to fool the goalies is, you know, it's second to none. Um, you know, and I think the reason that he's having such a good postseason is the fact that Kucherov is back because one thing that I've noticed is when Kucherov isn't out there opposite him, you know, defense 
can hone in on him a little bit more and he, you know, isn't quite as effective, but yeah, absolutely phenomenal run for him. Obviously, you know, one of the leading contributors to this offense. I definitely agree with that. We do have a comment. Uh, Noah, first goal, I believe it was point picks off a pass and starts the break. That team in transition is deadly. Yeah. I mean, he's a deadly player. I mean, the Islanders couldn't solve him. He scored a goal in six of the seven games of that series. So, um, yeah, he's been outstanding. Another guy um, that's been really good, too, for Tampa Bay is Nikita Kucherov. As, you know, we mentioned before, not always scoring, but the assists that he puts out there. Uh, Yanni Gord had that shorthanded goal in game seven against the Isles, the, the only goal of that game. So that was very impressive. It just seems like it's a different player every night. Now, you're going up against Montreal, who before last night, they were 11-2 and two since being down 3-2 to two in the series to Toronto. And Toronto seems the first round of their playoffs is their kryptonite every single year. They can't get out of the first round. Um, how will they match up Montreal against this Tampa Bay Lightning offense? Because they added Corey Perry. I mean, they have some good veteran pieces on their roster, but what can they do to try to slow Tampa down? Yeah, you know, obviously I said it a few minutes ago, you know, first of all, they have to stay out of the penalty. They cannot put us on the the, uh, power play. They can't commit. You know, I saw a lot with the Panthers when we matched up with them, uh, as well as the Isles here and there, especially in that, that blowout win that we had with them is if you are down later on in the game, you know, you can't commit these frustration type of penalties where, you know, it's absolutely uncalled for and you're going to the, you know, the penalty box. Um, But, you know, my biggest takeaway, and it's a line that they're going to need to have play a lot better moving forward in this series is that line of Tyler Toffoli, Suzuki and Caulfield. I believe they were something like minus six on the night and they only combined for like three or four shots on goal. You know, that's one of their go-to lines in terms of scoring. And, you know, obviously it's only one game. I do expect them to kind of bounce back and play a lot better moving forward. But for sure, that's a line that they do need to perform better in terms of offense presence. I I agree with you there. And we do have an announcement, too. Um, Connor McDavid just won the Hart Trophy. So there we go. little up-to-date, catching you up to speed. But – Montreal can hit you in a lot of different ways. They're a very young team. We mentioned 20-year-old Cole Caulfield before has been special to watch in these playoffs. But is there anybody else that concerns you on the Habs side of the ice to the point where they could be a difference maker in this series? Yeah, my personal favorite player on you know on the Montreal side is the guy that I just mentioned in Toffoli. I think that you know he's had a remarkable postseason. Like I said, I fully expect him to bounce back and, you know, his presence is going to be felt at some point or another in the series. Um, you know, I think they might have a little bit more of a down night tomorrow night in Tampa, which I'll actually be at that game. Uh, so really excited for that. But uh, once they get back there to Montreal in front of their own fans, um, you know, I expect their offense to pick up and, you know, a guy that, uh, you guys were talking about a little bit before I came on here and price, you know, I don't expect him to play like he did the other night, every night. He's going to be really tough to score on moving forward. Tom Scavetti here with Garth, Michael, Patrick live on review and preview Tampa Bay lightning, super fan. And we do have a comment from your friend Noah again, 
Big play in the game for me, 2-0 Tampa Bay. Vasilevsky with a massive save on a Weber breakaway. 2-1 to game at that point. Then potentially it could have gone to a tied game, 2-2, two to two, with the deflected goal. Um, that could have resulted in a completely different game. So he, he's pointing out Vasilevsky here, Garth. How important is he? Because in my eyes, he's been the best goalie throughout the entire postseason. That includes Carey Price. Yeah, uh, it's if he has a phenomenal series, he very well could win the Conn Smythe, in my opinion. You know, as you said, absolutely phenomenal postseason. You know, and Carey Price has been getting a lot of hype. You know, very much deserved. Uh, but if you actually take a look at the numbers, and especially after last night, uh, Vasilevsky's numbers throughout the postseason, yes, they are close. And you know, yes, you do have to give the nod to Price, and that he isn't on you know the more complete team. Uh, but Vasilevsky's numbers have actually been slightly better. Um, so, you know, he's obviously a, a huge part of why we win and that specific situation that Noah pointed out there, it seems like when we need a huge save on some, you know, a situation like that, we saw in game seven against the Isles, you know, he, he usually can come up clutch for us. And it's just, uh, as a fan of the Tampa Bay lightning, it's a huge relief to know that we're going to have great goaltending night in, night out, and that you can count on him. I think it's pretty clear as day that the two best goalies right now currently are in this series. Um, He also mentioned Vasilevsky has four straight shutouts in elimination games, including game seven against the Isles. Um, Man, I'm so happy about that game seven. You have no idea how happy Rangers fans were when the Lightning won that game. Um, It's something special. I feel like I don't know what it is. The, the Lightning are kind of like the Rangers' adopted playoff team to root for. Um, but back to Montreal, and this is interesting. So Claude Julien was fired in late February, replaced. It's just crazy. This interim coach thing, it kind of reminds me of St. Louis from two years ago, how freaky this is, a team nobody expected to be here. Now St. Uh, – not St. Louis. Now Montreal is here. Talk about the job that their interim head coach has done, Dominique Ducharme, in the playoffs. It seems like they've had their backs against the wall, and he responds. Is he able to respond? I I, I don't know because T- Tampa seems to be on a whole nother level against um, a whole nother level than any other team that they played coming out on their side of the bracket. Yeah, it, it's going to be tough, man. Um, you know, especially if they lose tomorrow night and go down 2-0 uh, because the Lightning have been so good on the road in this postseason. You know, I, I always like to harp about home ice, but we've performed really good on the road. Um, you know, I just see it. I see it very tough for them to sweep us. I definitely have them winning one game when we do go up there to Montreal. But if you go down 2-0 in the series and, and you split the series on your home ice, all of a sudden you're down 3-1 and, you know, say it goes to game seven, that's two games that you have to win on your opponent's ice. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I think Montreal takes at least the game in this series. But before we kind of dive into the predictions, Garth, uh, JR has another comment. Adam Fox won the James Norris Memorial Trophy. McDavid won the Ted Lindsay Award. And Kirill Kaprizov won the Rookie Award. Any surprises there? Um, Adam Fox was great this year. I loved him personally. Yeah, you know, he he's a player that I, I really liked and enjoyed watching this season. Um, 
you know, it, it's kind of weird. Like you guys say, the Lightning are kind of the Rangers adopted team. You know, I definitely follow the Rangers a little bit, and, and I definitely root for them as long as they're not playing us. So, you know, it was really refreshing to see how good of a season he had. Obviously, you know, as you guys, as Ranger fans, you have a lot to look forward to. Uh, great head coach signing that I really liked and a lot of youth coming up, you know, that over the next couple of seasons could really have huge impacts for that team. Yeah, we just got to stay optimistic. And Noah says this is uh, a ruby all over again, except I don't think they win it. Jacob Winters saying hello. Shout out, Jacob, for commenting in the stream. Really appreciate it. Uh, Daniel says he's getting production from all these fresh young players, especially Caulfield. Yep. And Noah says this Montreal team reminds him of the 2014 LA Kings. Remember, that team was down 3-0 to the Sharks, got hot, and won it all. So, look, I'm not saying this is going to be 1993 all over again in 2021. Um what I'm saying is I think Montreal takes at least one game in this series. So, Garth, now we're looking into game two tomorrow. Alex Kalorn is questionable. He did miss the final period of the game with an undisclosed injury. He did block a shot with his left leg in the second period. Um, do you think he's going to play? Are you concerned about that potential loss at all heading into game two? Yeah, so from what I've seen, and I honestly really haven't followed up with it too much today, uh, but last night, as you mentioned, he did block that shot, and he seemed to kind of hobble off the ice and didn't come back in after that. Uh, I think, you know, he probably just got banged up there a little bit. There was no reason to have to play him, you know, with the lead that we had. So I think that he will play tomorrow night. Um, you know, they might try and uh, manage his time up and his workload a little bit. He might not play the minutes that he's used to playing, but I, I definitely expect to see him out there, you know, at least for a few shifts. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I hope he plays too. It should be a very interesting game too. A must win for Montreal. Tampa Bay Lightning are in their second straight Stanley Cup final looking to be back-to-back champions, which is nearly impossible to do in hockey. So if Tampa can pull this off, hey, shout out to you guys. You deserve it. Um, Any predictions here? JR before said Lightning in four, so he seems very confident. Um, Both of my co-hosts, who aren't here tonight. Uh, first off, James Montefusco said lightning in four, and then Kyle Russo said lightning in six. So I'll give you the floor here for your Yeah, I'm gonna go uh I'm gonna go lightning here in six. I definitely don't expect us to sweep them. Um, I have a pretty good feeling, like I said, they're gonna at least win one at, on their home ice. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I said, I, I do expect Carey Price to play a lot better moving forward. Um, you know, I think we saw something very similar except that it happened in game five with that aisle series where Varlamov had, you know, had to be pulled, you know, let up three goals in one period. But other than that, he played the rest of the series really, really well. Like I've been saying hats off to that guy because as much as I despise the aisles and wanted to beat them badly, that man had a solid series and goal for them. Uh, so I expect Kerry Price to bounce back, you know, and if he can really limit our offense, um, you know, that's going to give the, the Canadians a pretty good chance of, you know, stagging a, a couple of games. So I expect us, you know, four, two and six games. So not to be boring, but I do agree with you. I actually do have the lightning in six as well. I think the presence of Corey Perry is going to help Montreal out a lot, um, especially in late tight game situations. Um, I'm not sure if Montreal wins game two tomorrow, but they're definitely taking at least one on their home ice. Uh, 
Noah with a comment. Montreal deserves res respect here. Everyone has underestimated them so far, myself included, yet here they are. You're getting one vintage price game where he is unstoppable, an overtime game or two where Montreal snags one. But Tampa Bay has unmatched talent. No one is beating them at their best, Tampa in six. But Garth, it seems like the common consensus, Tampa in six. Um, it's hard to see a hockey series lasting any less than that, especially in the cup final, you know? Yeah, and, you know, one thing with this series is I do feel like you know, the Canadian style of play and their, you know, talent top to bottom is, you know, a, better than the Islanders. And they just took us to seven. You know, this is Stanley Cup finals. I, I, like we both said, I fully expect them to win at least a game or two in this series. Absolutely. It'll be interesting to see what happens in this series. So we both have Tampa Bay winning in six. So nobody has gone with Montreal. But Garth, um, before I let you go here, I wanted to thank you for coming on tonight, joining me. Big Lightning fan. It's hard to find a Lightning fan up here in the Northeast, but um, you know Brian Attard always has those nice hookups. Um, why don't you tell the people again one more time where they can find you and your podcast and the rest of your content? Yeah, so uh, at this time, me and I actually only do have the Facebook page. Uh, that is something that we need to work on with creating some more social media there. Uh, but you know, you guys can find us every Friday night here on Facebook. Uh, we usually go live right around 9 p.m. As I said, we talk a, a wide variety of sports. We're hockey guys. We're huge, huge college football and NFL guys. Uh, we even talk a, a little bit of motorsports, uh, Formula One, uh, motocross and supercross is one of our personal favorites when, you know, those seasons are in full swing. Uh, some baseball, some NBA, you know, we try and cover a little bit of everything. Obviously, you know, we have our favorites just like everybody else. But, yeah, every Friday night, 9 p.m. here on Facebook, uh, the Sweet Tea Show brought to you guys by the Sports Box. And as I always say, you know, don't just give us a follow. Don't just check us out. Go ahead and, you know, give everybody over there on the Sports Box a, a follow. They put on a, a, a great variety of shows. Yeah, I know I've spoken to Brian and Mike, Daniel, and now you, Garth. And this has been a pleasure connecting with you guys and the Sports Box. So, again, I really do appreciate you taking the time out to come on to the show tonight. And let's go Lightning. Yeah, man, go Lightning. Thank you once again for having me on tonight, man. It was a good time. Thanks, Garth. Appreciate it. Okay, folks, that was Garth Michael Patrick from the Sports Box. Go get your sweet tea on Friday night with him and Noah Dibler and Daniel Bakley saying great job, Daniel. Really do appreciate it. Don't go anywhere yet, folks. We do have um, one more segment. Um, actually, before I get to that last segment where I go over other New York sports news and a feel-good story over the past week, um, Tampa Bay obviously beat the Islanders to get to where they are. And being that this is a New York sports show, I do need to talk about the Islanders for about the next two to three minutes. Uh, the Islanders are now in a very weird situation. They've lost to Tampa Bay two years in a row in the semifinals, two straight semifinal losses. How much longer of a window do the Islanders have to win a Stanley Cup championship? I think that window is over. According to Cap Friendly, the Islanders have just $6 million to work with in Cap. Pavillier, uh, Dow Cole, Palak, and Sorokin are all restricted free agents. Sezikis, Palmieri, Palmieri, who had seven goals in these playoffs, is an unrestricted free agent. Matty Barzal had 14 points in the playoffs. He's still there, but 
the Islanders, I don't know how much better they're going to get. They're going to lose some pieces. And with the different playoff realignment in next year's playoff, it's going to be very interesting to see if the Islanders are able to keep up this level of success. So with that being said, um, thank you very much for watching that hockey segment. And now I'm just going to go over some – we do have a comment, actually. If you ever need a Penguins, Falcons, Braves, or Georgia fan, I'd love to be on too. Noah, thank you so much. Really do uh, appreciate your support. And another comment from Noah. Brian asked me a day or two ago, would you take Lafreniere and Kako or go to two straight semifinal appearances since both teams didn't win a cup? I'd say the former. I agree. I'd rather be in the Rangers position right now. I'd rather have a second overall pick from 2019 and the number one overall pick from the 2020 NHL draft and have a bright future where I'm not so concerned um, as far as cap goes. And a quick shout out to Big T Cup Daddy and the country of Ukraine. (laughs) That's um, on behalf of JR. But now getting into my end. Deanna Karen saying LGR. Thank you very much, Deanna, for the comment. I really do appreciate it. Um, So New York sports. There's been a lot going on in New York sports over the past week. Tyler McGill made his first MLB start last Wednesday, shares the exact same birthday as myself, July 28th, 1995. So his birthday is coming up. Uh, He's going to be 26 in a month. So I have a special connection to McGill. I'm going to be rooting for him. He's one of my favorite players on the Mets, and I believe he's starting either today or tomorrow. So that's going to be a very interesting, fun fact. I am a Mets fan, Noah, for the record. I am a Mets fan. I don't have my head up my ass like some people, (laughs) some baseball fans in the state of New York. No disrespect to any Yankee fans. Um, I don't really have any championships to brag about. Um, I wasn't alive for 86 the New York Jets signed offensive tackle Morgan Moses, former um, Washington football team player, to a one-year deal. He should compete with George Fant for the right tackle spot, who the Jets signed to a three-year deal uh, last offseason. Um, on other news, former New York Jet Demarius Thomas announced that he will retire as a Denver Bronco. He last played in the NFL for the New York Jets in 2019. This uh, retirement comes after 10 seasons. Thomas played from 2010 to 2019, and Demarius Thomas was the first-round pick of the Denver Broncos, 22nd overall in 2010. He played with them from 2010 to 2018, had his best years from 2012 to 2014, also won a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. That was Super Bowl 50. Folks, if you have have any comments about Demarius Thomas and his NFL career, feel free to chime in in the comments section because the Marius Thomas was an outstanding wide receiver throughout his time in the national football league. Um, Thomas had over 1400 receiving yards for three straight years. And this is before the NFL became the insane passing league. Yes, it was a passing league in the early to mid to 2010s, but it wasn't quite there yet. This was an offense that featured an aging Peyton Manning and the Marius Thomas put up 14 touchdown catches in 2013, had over 1,600 receiving yards in 2014. (laughs) Folks, do you think he's a Hall of Famer? Comment your opinion in the live stream now. Um, I say he may eventually get in. I don't know if he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, considering he didn't 
play extremely long, but we did see what happened with Calvin Johnson. Demarius Thomas was not on a level of Calvin Johnson by any means, but he was a special talent. Throughout the course of Thomas's career, 724 receptions, 9,763 receiving yards, 63 touchdown catches, a five-time Pro Bowler in 10 years in the league. And another thing that I really like about Demarius Thomas, that goes unnoticed. Your best ability is your availability, right? As a football player, as an athlete, um, Eli Manning is my favorite athlete of all time, for those of you who don't know, as the diehard Giants fan that I am. But Demarius Thomas was always very available. He started all 16 games from 2012 to 2017. And I will forever remember when he burst out onto the scene in 2011. He caught an 80-yard game-winning touchdown pass from Tim Tebow on the first play of overtime in a wild-card round playoff game against JR's Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm sure JR remembers that. I'm sure my buddy Dominic Daniele remembers that. Tim Tebow to Demarius Thomas. Noah says he loved DT as a player, even though he played for Georgia Tech. LOL. Um, probably not if Tory Holt isn't even in yet. Well, yeah, Tory Holt was outstanding. Um, Hall of very good, in my opinion. So Noah votes no. DT is a Hall of Famer. Third ballot, I think. I think Demarius Thomas is a borderline Hall of Famer. Will he get in? I'm not sure. I think he will at some point, but he's absolutely not first ballot, especially with the way um, wide receivers like, to his pedigree, Torrey Holt, who played a little longer than Thomas, um, how they're still not in. But that's my spiel on Demarius Thomas. If you have any more comments on him, feel free to comment in the stream. But my final topic of the evening, and this is a little feel-good story that, you know, obviously I'm kind of upset about this, but um, big mentor of mine. He's part of the reason why I, I, I'm here where I am now. Coach Brian Collins of the LIU football team steps down after 23 seasons at the helm. He led the LIU Sharks, formerly known as the LIU Post Pioneers and CW Post Pioneers, to a 2-2 two and two record in just their second season at the Division I level. LIU Post, folks, was a Division II football program that was uh, bumped up to Division One two years ago, and Coach Collins stayed with that football team for 23 seasons. His son was a player. He was the same age as me, his son. So I do have a little connection with his son. Um, coach Collins was an outstanding football coach, an outstanding role model. Seven Sharks were named to the All-Northeast Conference team this year. Coach Collins is the all-time winningest coach at LIU Post, winning 162 games, and served as the university's athletic director until 2017. Some of his accolades include 25 all-region players, 12 All-Americans, eight championships, conference championships, that is, seven Coach of the Year awards, and six NCAA tournament berths, all at the Division II level. Um Coach Collins is also responsible for producing former New York Giant Jake Carlock. You may remember his infamous touchdown against the Jets in a preseason game. Intercepting, or I believe he had, yeah, it was an interception against Davis Webb, former Giant, by the way. Um, I had the opportunity to announce LIU football actually back 
when they were known as the LIU Post Pioneers. Post went undefeated during the regular season, my senior year back in 2016. They made it to the second round of the NCAA tournament, finishing 12-1. and And Collins had three undefeated seasons in his 23 seasons as a head coach, 2002, 2016, and 2018. In a tweet this week, Collins said he made the decision to turn a page. It had been a true honor to watch over the post boys. Thank you for 20 plus years with great coaches, players, and staff. One, two, three post hashtag post boys forever. Uh, For those of you who don't know me personally, Tom Scavetta, I got my start in radio at LIU post working college football as a color commentator. Um, Coach Collins was the head coach of the football team, and that's probably the reason why I'm talking to you all on this podcast here tonight. Um, It was a Thursday night. It was my junior year, and they needed an announcer for Saturday's football game. LIU Post was was playing Bentley up in Massachusetts. Now, keep in mind, um, northeast Massachusetts is about four, four and a half hours away from Long Island, where I was going to school. I had two days notice to work my first ever football game for coach Collins and his football team. And ever since that game and that day, I found my love in radio in TV. Eventually it turned into podcasting, started my own show. Um, It's part of the reason why I fell in love with hockey. Um, So that's my story. Coach Collins was a big influential factor. His football team got me really excited to cover them for my school radio station. And a couple of more comments here. Um, John says, my love to you, bro. 23 years as a head coach. That's a long career with one team. 23 MJ Bay Day. Yep. Same number as Michael Jordan. 23 years in any job or any position is outstanding. I mean, it just goes to show you your dedication and your loyalty to a group of young men, let alone a football team. Noah says, go coach. Thank you very much for the comment, Noah. Um, Yeah, I appreciate all you guys watching the live stream tonight, all the comments, running the show by myself tonight, getting two outstanding guests tonight in JR, John Rankin, and Garth Michael Patrick. Uh, They were both awesome. Folks, uh, we'll be taking our yearly summer break from live shows starting the week of Tuesday, July 20th. So I believe we have two Tuesday episodes left of review and preview before we take our summer break. So we will be live next week on Tuesday and the week after that, um, talking some more hockey, maybe sprinkling a little football. Um, so our last show will likely be Tuesday, July 13th. That's not official yet, but I'm just plugging that to you all know, plugging that all to you now so that you know uh, we'll be putting out some YouTube videos and return to Facebook Live the first week of September. Stay tuned for our weekly baseball show, Hitting for the Cycle, on Thursday night, hosted by my good buddy, Hank Indictor. He is doing a Subway Series preview roundtable with his fellow Yankee friend, Dominic Daniele, our very own Mets fan, Paul Lombardi, and their good buddy, also a Mets fan, John Quinn, who has appeared once before. So a Subway Series roundtable split down the middle with two Yankee fans and two Mets fans. Sounds like an awesome podcast to me. I'd better see you there in the comments section watching, sharing the show on Thursday night. That is hitting for the cycle Thursday at 7 p.m. Thank you all very much. On behalf of John and Garth, I'm Tom Scavetta. Make sure to give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the Anchor 
at Review and Preview Sports, and subscribe to our YouTube channel right here. Thank you all very much for watching tonight. I really do appreciate it so long. See you all next week on Review and Preview.